Welcome to Life Church Birmingham. We are glad you have listened today. We know God has a plan and purpose for your life and want to help you be successful in Jesus Christ. We know you will receive a message of hope and encouragement. Ezekiel chapter 40. I've got a big challenge this morning. Um, I was just reminded, uh, unless God works a miracle this morning, this sermon is just not going to work. It's just absolutely not going to work. It's not because uh, I haven't prepared or studied or anything like that. I don't want you to think that uh, we, we uh, just you know, don't do our part and then blame it on God and ask him if he don't show up, he's going to make up the difference. No, we study, show ourselves to prove, we, we, we pre- prepare. But Ezekiel is, a, is an interesting book. Um, the last few weeks, we started a series on deeper, and what we said was, listen, we're going to go deeper. And so we looked at Jeremiah, and we saw how the people of God had been taken into Babylonian exile. They've been taken captive. And then we, we uh, joined in with Ezekiel chapter 37, where they had already been in captivity. Ezekiel the prophet sees a vision. There was a valley full of dry bones. And here's the big question, can they live? Is there, is there, where there's death, can there be life? Where, where there's absolutely no hope, can there be hope? Ezekiel has many visions throughout the book. Um, he's a prophet, and sometimes those visions can get, um, um, they can swirl around. Chapter 40 begins the last vision, the significant vision that Ezekiel has. One that he records. It lasts nine chapters. So just let me put your mind at ease. We're not going to read nine chapters this morning. <laughs> but here's the miracle. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to help us do this. Get close and then get real far and ask ourselves, so what does this mean for us? What's the purpose for us? So Ezekiel chapter 40, we'll read four, uh, three verses, two through four. And here's what he says. In visions of God, he took me to the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain on whose south side were some buildings that looked like a city. He took me there, and I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze. He was standing in the gateway with a linen cord and a measuring rod in his hand. The man said to me, The man said to Ezekiel, son of man, look carefully and listen closely and pay attention to everything. That caught my eye. Listen closely and pay attention to everything. I'm going to show you, for that is why you have been brought here. Tell the people of Israel everything that you see. So I have a question for you. Is vision something we see or something that enters inside of us. Is the mountain here, Ezekiel's on a mountain, the mountain of vision, is it a place that you go to, or does the mountain of vision get inside of you? 25 years of bone-crushing captivity, humiliation, The Babylonians had captured them. They were reduced to servanthood. They have lost land, lost people, lost culture, lost language, lost national identity. And the focus of all that Israel, all that Israel was about, Jerusalem and the temple were lost. It was gone. Fourteen years now since the destruction of Jerusalem. Ezekiel has this vision. It is that window that the Holy Spirit allows us to enter into where we see perhaps things that we once or that we knew but we never realized before. It never came to life before. A vision is a place where the hands of God draw back the curtain and says, hey, look look, look at this. See this. I want you to notice this. I want you to... I want you to see that. See it with your eyes. Hear it with your ears. 
tells Ezekiel, I've brought you to this place for the exact purpose, that you might see this and you might understand. It's the last vision that he has. It will end here for him. God takes him to a mountain where he sees uh, his last great vision, a vision of glory, huge significance, nine chapters. So what do we do with it? What, what, do we, what do we do with that? What does it mean for us? I want to walk through, if you will, nine chapters in, in, from a top view and say, okay, God, what, what, are the, what are the key figures? What are the key components here? And if you've read through on this, you'll notice the man, Christ, he's got this rod and he's got this linen cord and he's measuring like everything. You see number after number after number after number, number after number. And it's like one of those genealogies that go on and on and on. What do we do with all this? First of all, I want us to know, number one, God reveals himself to those with eyes to see. God reveals himself to, to those with eyes to see. Ezekiel sees Christ. He sees Christ. Verse 3, we just read it. It says, he took me there, and I saw a man whose appearance was like bronze. He was standing in the gateway with a linen cord and a measuring rod in his hand. Everything he needed is there. The man shining, burnished bronze. Uh, um, I thought of Revelation 1.15. Jesus referred to the same way. Throw it on the screen if you would. Here's what it says. He, um, he, his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like sounds of rushing water. It's a picture of this whole vision. It's a picture of a revelation of the pre-incarnate Son of God, Jesus Christ, what he's building. And we realize he's building a city, and that city is us. That city is us. Ezekiel is standing in 386 B.C. and sees a revelation of the pre-incarnate Son of God, a vision of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 says this to us. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you, everybody say, Turn your neighbor and say, give you. Talking about you. Give you. I lost my place. Give you. The, give me. The spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. What's the point? So that you may know him better. The point is that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you have been called. A spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation, so that you may know him better in your eyes and your heart can be enlightened. Why all this? So that you would know the hope to which you are called. And today our hope, my hope today is that we, you, would see Christ. You would see Jesus in a glorious, powerful way today, God reveals himself to those with eyes to see. The second thing is this. Jesus died to make me part of the temple that he's building and making. Jesus died to make me part of the temple that he's building and he's making. We are the temple. Of God. Um, and he is the builder and the maker. He's the general contractor. He's a subcontractor. He's a concrete man. He's a sheetrock man. He's a framing man. He's a roofing man. He's a plumbing man, electricity man. He's a floor. He's building and making a city. And that city will be made of his people that are made to be like the builder. 
to be made in that image, in that likeness. We are called to be like Jesus. What's the city like? A few things I want to point out. Number one, it's firmly fixed in heaven. The city is firmly fixed in heaven. I am seeing a foundation of everything we believe about God and our relationship with him is right there in this revelation, right there in these nine chapters. It's firmly fixed in heaven. The essence of everything that we believe to be true about God and our relationship with God is fixed in heaven. It's firm. It's a place where our faith rests. Friend, it is settled. It is secure. It is unmovable. It is stable. It is permanent. The, 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 the city is firmly fixed in heaven. It's a permanent fixture. The second thing is this. The city is a walled city. If you read the Revelation, there's walls around the city with painstaking detail after detail after detail. That wall means that we are both separated and protected. We are both separate. It's a wall of separation, friend. It's a call to holiness. It's a call to not be like the world, separate from the world. A call to holiness. Corinthians 6, verse, 6, uh, verse 16 and 17 says this. For we are the temple of the living God. There it is. Therefore, come out from them and what? Read it with me. Be separate, says the Lord. The city is a walled city. We're called to be different. We're called to be separate. When we go deeper, every step deeper is a step of change. It's a step of stripping away. It's a step of refinement. It's a step where the builder pulls out the chisel and the sandpaper and straightens up lines and gets them just right. And he pulls that linen cord out and he measures and he measures and he cuts and he splices and he shims it out. We're separate. We're a walled city. We're called to look different and walk different talk different we're not called to look like or talk like or sound like or act like or smell like or eat like or drink like the world we're called to be separate we're a walled city separated from the environment and the culture and the surrounding they were in babylon they were can you imagine getting this message they're in a mess he says you might be in the mess but you are called to be separate from the mess we are in the world. We're not of the world. It's a wall of protection. That wall of separation is a wall of protection for you. It's a wall of protection for your, for your marriage. It's a wall of protection for your kids. It's a wall of protection for your mental health. It's a wall of protection for your physical health. It's a wall of protection for your finances. It's a wall. He's protecting us. Be encouraged. There's one on the wall who's guarding your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's a wall of protection. When we obey the commands of God, <laughs> there's protection that comes. There's protection that comes. And I, th I think sometimes we've got to go around the block a couple times, and maybe some of us got to, you know, learn the hard way. Man, you know, when, last time I, I, I hit this intersection, I went this way. Man, I should have gone that way. When I went this way, it's no bueno, man. It was not good. But when I, maybe I should listen to the, that still small voice. But if you've never, God is not trying to prevent you from having fun. He's not trying to prevent you from uh, living a high life. He's, he's, he's trying to protect you. So that you can live an abundant life. It's a, it's a layered city. Uh, John records Jesus' words. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so you may be where I am. It's a layered city. A layered city. Um, it, it's, it's 
city is, has windows filled with light. The windows in this vision are filled with light. He's building a city that is filled with light. How, how do you know there was light there? How do you know there's light? How, how do you even know what light is? You, can, you know where there's light because it contrasts with what? Dark. The, sit, the, the, the windows are filled with light. I, I, he says, I'm going to let you come and see. See in. So you can see as you've never seen before. You'll be able to see things that you've never seen. In Christ, your eyes are open. Uh, discerning truth, seeing truth, seeing for what it is. The windows are full with light. And throughout this city, there's post. There's post in this city. Post after post after post after post. And the posts alternate. One post um, is palm trees. Post is a palm tree carved into a palm tree carved into it. And it alternates. The other is a cherubim. This cherubim has two faces. The face of a human and the face of a lion. <laughs> the, and they're looking at the palm trees. The palm trees are a symbol of fruitfulness. Fr fruit. You're called to a life of fruitfulness. And there's the post between the palm trees, alternating every other one. One side is the face of a man. <laughs> one side is the face of a lion. <laughs> They're alternating. Two-faced creature, one like a lion, one like a man. Could it be that Ezekiel in Babylon understood the uh, incarnate son of God? Both man and the, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah. <laughs> As the foundational post that produce fruitfulness in your life, in my life. John the Revelator says, I wept because no one was able to open the scrolls, no one was found worthy. And one of the elders said to me, hey, don't weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He, he alone is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Worthy. <laughs> You're the worthy to take the scroll and open it because you were slain. With, with your blood, you purchased uh, uh, men for God, persons from Every tribe, and every tongue, and every language, every people, every nation. That you may have, make them a kingdom of priests to serve God, and they'll reign on the earth. He's altogether God and altogether man. The line of the tribe of Judah. It's full of posts. It's full of steps. It's filled with steps. The steps go higher and higher and higher and higher. And you see Ezekiel, they, the steps keep stepping up. God has called us to growth and maturity, to progress in our relationship with God. When we're little, we learn this truth. God helps me. God is my helper. He, he helps me. How many know that we should hold on to that truth? God helps me. And as we grow... We should learn that there's more. If, if we get stuck right there, what happens is we translate the cross and sanctification and salvation into sitting at a desk on a Tuesday afternoon, and, and God's saved me so that I can, I can get a raise next week. And we, like, miss the point. <laughs> Does he want you to have a raise? Praise God, I hope so. 
But if we get stuck with the elementary truths and no longer progress into a, 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 a kingdom of, of kings and priests that are warriors and we forget spiritual warfare, see, there's steps that go higher and higher and higher and higher. Don't get stuck. Sign up for a life group. Be part of a, a ministry team. Serve. Grow. Steps, steps, steps. The city was filled with light, not just the windows. They weren't dead buildings with dead measurements. It was a building that was alive. The whole, the city was alive. There were constant fires of sacrificial worship. Verse 40, chapter 43, he sees a vision of glory. The God of judgment and destruction is also the God of renewal, return, restoration, and indwelling glory. He sees a glory-filled, a glory-filled city. He sees the throne, and in this city, there are sacrifices. Every day, the firstborn male child sacrifice. Seven days a week, 365 days a year. A goat, a bull, and a ram. A goat, a bull, and a ram. A goat, a bull, and a ram. A goat. Every day, there's sacrificial uh, 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 um, worship going on. Every day, there's sacrifice. Now, we know Jesus was the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. And his sacrifice is once and for all. It's permanent. It's forever. Then Ezekiel sees a priesthood of holiness. He sees a priesthood of holiness. Chapter 44. The priest's mission were to keep my charge. In other words, they obeyed God. Their ministry was, was unto God. It was a ministry, listen, a ministry of obedience. Some of you have wondered, what's my ministry? One thing I learned last few years about the Marine Corps is every, every Marine is first an infantry Marine. Every one. They go to boot camp, and every Marine, no matter if you're going to be a clerk or a, a petroleum guy or someone that fixes airplanes or whatever, you all go to infantry school. Everyone. Because the Marine is first an infantry Marine. Then... If your permanent job is infantry, you continue on. If it's not, you go on to your school. In the kingdom of God, all of our ministry first is a ministry of obedience. What's my ministry? I have a ministry of obedience. That's first and the first and the foundational. My foundational ministry is not preaching the word. Your foundational ministry is not driving a golf cart or teaching a class or playing guitar or watching babies or, or, or being an usher or any of that. Your, 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 your first ministry is unto the Lord. It's a ministry of obedience. The work in the ministry of the priesthood is to cause people to grow up into maturity and wisdom and knowledge and discern what is holy. Ezekiel 44.23 says this. Oh, do we need this right now? They are to teach my people the difference between the holy and the common. To show them how to distinguish between the what? Clean and the unclean. Dear God, help us. Your ministry first is a ministry of obedience. Just because the world comes unraveled doesn't mean the city comes unraveled. Just because the world 
explodes with insanity doesn't mean the people of God. You're called to a ministry of obedience first. To live a life so that there's a distinguishing people would know. Friend, they don't know right now. They don't know the difference. Right is being called wrong and wrong is being called right. Be unshakable. Be unmovable in your convictions. You see, the vision of Christ, he's going throughout this whole city, measuring, measuring, I mean, measuring, verse after verse, chapter after, look, that corner's crooked, you need to be able to see and discern that. Well, that foundation, it will not last. That building, oh, that, that, that won't cover right. That wall's no good. We must develop a spiritual eye of one who's trained by the master carpenter. So there is like... No confusion. Chapter 45, a priesthood with an inheritance. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You have a great inheritance. Chapter 46, the prince. The prince comes giving gifts. Chapter 47, we'll hit at the end. And then chapter 48 is this. There's a nation described. The nation is described. We are a covenant, temple, tabernacle people. Third thing I want you to write down is God reveals himself to me as he builds and makes me into his image. The revelation of Christ comes more and more as he builds us and makes us into his likeness. Is anyone learning any lessons right now? <laughs> I'm in a season where I'm learning about two or three things at least that I, I'm aware of, probably more that I need to learn. God is not finished with you. He is not finished with you. He reveals himself as he shapes you and builds you and into his image. Ephesians 2.10 says to us, for we are, if I say we are, for we are his workmanship. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Don't you see? He's revealing himself as he builds, as he, as he, as he breaks you with, with a heart for the lost. You're realizing, man, Jesus really does love the world. When, when, he, when he prompts you to give sacrifice, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know how that's going to even work out. You realize that God owns the cattle on a thousand hillsides, and he's given us everything. When, when your patience is stretched, you realize, oh, God, you've been so patient with me. I can't even believe how patient you've been with me. I didn't deserve this. You should have kicked me out of the city a long time ago. But your grace pulls me in. And as, and as he let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So when God is working on something in you, testify what he's done so that somebody else will be encouraged and know about the one who's at work. <laughs> and this is really cool. Ezekiel 48 lines out the city. And, and, and if you were here August of 20. 17, you saw this before. After 15 years, you know. <laughs> you saw this. He describes the city and says there, there will be tribes of Israel. Israel is a real person, right? Uh, um, uh, um, Jacob, right? His sons. I mean, uh, Father Abraham, his sons. And so they, he has 12. The 12 tribes of Israel. And he and he tells 
And he gives the measurements um, and the gates that those tribes will be. In the north, you have Reuben, Judah, and Levi. And then if you turn your head like this, um, <laughs> in the east side, you have Joseph, Benjamin, and Dan. South side, Simeon, Issachar, and Zebulun. And then west is Gad, Asher, and Naphtali. So you see those. So, like, what's the point? What's the point until you translate the meaning of the names? Reuben means behold a son. Judah means praise. Levi means joined as in uh, uh, covenant, as in joined in marriage. Joseph means let them add. Benjamin, his mother named him Ben-Oni, son of sorrow. His father named him son of my right hand. When Mary saw Jesus, she said, son of sorrow. But when the father saw Christ, he said, son of my right hand. Jesus ascended to the right hand of the father. Dan means judging. Simeon means hearing. Issachar means you will bring a reward. Zebulun means a dwelling or habitation. I'm going somewhere. Gad means a troop, a gathering of the troops, as in a multitude. Asher means blessed, and um, Naphtali means wrestling. So every gate, every gate speaks of Christ or his relationship to the church, here and above. This forms a composite picture of our relationship with God through Christ and a picture of you individually. Let me walk you through. Reuben, behold a son. The message of the New Testament. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Judah, praise, praise that son. Levi, uh, uh, joined in marriage. Not only are we to praise him, but we're to join him as in marriage. Married to God is the picture. Chosen by him to be his, and he's alo his alone. Exclusively. Marriage is one man and one woman. It's exclusive. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Christ, Savior, Redeemer, a forgiver. But he is our husband. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being a bride here. Joseph, let him add. The book of Acts uses that phrase a lot. Right? They've been joined in marriage. They, they've been uh, sanctified. Now they're adding. They're adding. They're adding. Benjamin, son of my right hand. Mary said, son of sorrow. The father looked down and said, sit at my right hand. He ascended to heaven. Dan, judging. 2 Timothy 4, 1, the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. Simeon, hearing. He who has an ear, let him hear. Jesus said this at least six times. Simeon, or Issachar, I will bring a reward. When he comes, he must bring the reward. Because he's not a liar. Revelation twenty-two twelve. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Zebulun. <laughs> Dwelling, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then Gad, a trooper, is a multitude. And Jude 14 tells us, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of saints. Revelation 7, 7, 9 says this. After this, I looked, and there was before me a great multitude that no one could count. From every tribe and every nation, every people, every language standing before me. It, 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 it's, it's multitude. Asher, when we are blessed, we're blessed in him. Naphtali, we're wrestling. That is the condition and present tense of, of the church that we're in now. Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle with what? Flesh and blood. We're wrestler. You're on the wrestling team. Did you know that? You're on the wrestling team. 
We do not wrestle flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, over the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. <laughs> you, your, your fight is not with a politician or, or a personality or, 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 or a, a family. Your, your fight is a spiritual fight. What does all this mean? Worship team, come. It's a city that looks like a temple. A temple that looks like a city. Filled with the presence of God. It's filled with the presence of God. Windows that let light in. Places of worship. And altars. There's a river that flows through it. We're the temple. The temple of the Holy Spirit. Do not, don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? This temple in Ezekiel does not have an outer court for Gentiles. There's only one wall. You're in or you're not in. There's not a Gentile court. The reason Jesus flipped tables is because they were in the outer courts and doing shenanigans that were making it difficult for the foreigners to worship God. And when you hinder worship, Jesus gets really, really upset about that. <laughs> this city has one wall, not two. There's no outer courts. If you're in or you're out. It means that I don't have to be born to a certain language or nationality or tribe. No matter who I am, I must be born again. <laughs> I must be born again. Washed. Cleansed. By the one with bronze, burnished bronze feet. Cleansed by his shed blood. My name inscribed in the book of life. <laughs> I must be in. Fourth, and we're going to land it. God calls me into a river of growth and maturity. Ezekiel's vision. There's a river that flows out of this place. It's interesting. Now, typically, rivers start with a trickle and a tributary. Or no, I'm sorry, they start... They start rushing, and then as they go further and further and further, further, they dissipate, right? This river starts this way, and this increases. It inc the further it goes out, the more it increases. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says this, So then, throw that out there for me, buddy. Colossians 2, 6 and 7, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, Continue to live your lives in him. C continue. Continue to live. Rooted. Built up. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. C continue on. Rooted. Built up. Chapter 47. The river burst out from under the altar. The source of the river is from under the altar. <laughs> the man Jesus takes Ezekiel, the prophet, and says, See these rooms? Wall upon wall, layer upon layer. See the window? See the light streaming in? See these sacrifices day after day after day after day. See the smoke curling up into the nostrils of God. See the priesthood holy, filled, filled with uh, uh, discernment and righteousness, growing, seeing there, uh, uh, all this light. Now, now watch, Ezekiel. Watch. Watch this. Watch this. In my vision, a man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. 
there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around. So they come from the south and the north gateway and uh, to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. The river runs down the side of the building. The man Jesus leads Ezekiel out. He says, come on, come on. And he shows them the river. Where the water goes, everywhere it touches, life comes. Things are springing up on the riverbanks. You can be in a desert, but if you're connected to the source, there's life. And, and on the banks, here comes living, living things. But there's one section that's kind of confounding. This river's flowing. Life, 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 life. But he notices there's swamps and marshes. And the man says they'll be left for salt. The back areas where water used to flow and doesn't flow anymore will be dead. Don't, don't back in to the, the, the dead crevices where there's no life. Step in the river and move with God. This is a picture of the city, a revelation of the builder. And what he's doing in us. He lists name after name. Genealogy, tribe. God knows every name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He knows it personally. There's a role that's constantly being overseen by the builder and maker of the city. He knows it's populous. He, he has a good census. He has one that's 100% accurate. <laughs> and he doesn't lose track of records. Inside the book, every tribe and every tongue every family the least child and the least tribe and the least family of that tribe is written not one single member that doesn't know you are not alone he has not forgotten about you you are not in the struggle by yourself do not let the enemy isolate you Measurement after measurement after measurement after measurement. Ezekiel's watching. He measures every, every post on every wall, every ceiling, every floor. The builder is measuring. He's got a linen rod and a, and a reed in his hand. He's measuring, 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 measuring. He's in a constant posture of measuring. This is my temple. I'm the author. I'm the finisher. And he says, I want it right. Let yourself be shaped. Let yourself be molded. Don't be stubborn when the sandpaper of the Holy Spirit comes. Oh, it's not fun in that season. But think of the future glory. Think of the, the future change. Think of it this way. When he's done working that rough edge off me, I'm going to look, smell, act, think, uh, uh, feel more like him. <laughs> so Lord, bring on the refinement. Bring it on, God. I want to go deeper. 
I need to go deeper. I've, I've got to have you so pull, pull, the linen, pull the linen cord out. God, measure my attitude. God, measure the secret places that no one knows but you. You, you know every corner of this city. You build every corner. You have the measuring tape. You know what it's supposed to God, measure, measure, measure my intentions. God, sometimes I don't, I don't know if I can trust my own intentions. I've I got to submit them to you. I, I want to do it right, God, but I need your convictions, Lord. Let them come. Let them come to the deep places where it's shielded and it's hurt and the enemy would try to resist that sandpaper that's for your good and only the Holy Spirit can go there. Only the Holy Spirit can go there. Is that what you want? Do you want to go deeper? Do, do, do you want the, the, the measuring rod to come out in every area of your life, every attitude, every thought, every relationship? Then at the very end, the very end of the book of Ezekiel. The very last verse of the book. Ezekiel, I wonder what he's thinking. Is this Jerusalem? Is this Jerusalem? And the name of the city from that time on will be the Lord is there. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. <laughs> we are called to be a, a people, a city, a carrier, a temple. The Lord is there. Would you, would you bow your heads right now all across the room? Lord, we, we pray for the miracle of the Holy Spirit right now. For you to pull out the, the measuring rod, Lord. Would you pull out the, the reed and the linen cord? Pull it out, Lord. Pull it out and measure every part. Measure every part, Lord. If you're here today, you said, Tim, I, 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 I need that. Oh, I want to be made and built by the master builder, not my own making, not my own city, not my own measurements. But I want that. Maybe you're here today and you say, hey man, the Lord's been working something in me and it's a little bit difficult right now. I feel sandpaper I feel that I hear that skill saw I know he's about to shave off a few inches here he's about to he's about to round out that corner get it just right he's gonna need the sandpaper and smooth down that sheetrock mud he's not gonna put paint on the wall until he gets the wall right and you say Tim pray for me as I go through a, a, a pruning right now God's doing a, a deep pruning work in me and, and I, I just want to acknowledge that and ask that the, that the builder and maker would, would help me. Pray, pray as God refines me. If that's you, just wave at me all over the room. Pray for me as God refines me. My hands are up, man. I got two hands up on this. Pray that God refines me. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, I don't know if I'm in the city. I don't know if I were to die today and stand before the maker I don't know if my name is I don't know if I'm a citizen I don't know where I would go when I die he's standing at the door he's knocking he's knocking he's knocking he's knocking at home you're watching he's knocking 
on your iPhone right now in that airport, he's knocking. At your cubicle at lunch break, he's knocking. He's knocking. You say, Tim, is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, pray for me because if I were to die today, I don't know if I would go to heaven or not. I don't know if my name's written in that book. I want it to be. I don't know. Would you pray for me? Because I, I, I want to know. I, I want to surrender to Christ. I just, I don't, I don't think I am, but I want to. I'm not trying to talk you out of your salvation. What I'm saying is, if you're saved, you're saved. But if you're not, you're not. If you're here today, say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray that, pray that, that today I would surrender to Christ fully. Fully. That's you. Just wave at me. One, two, three, all over the room. Full surrender, yeah, man. Full surrender, full surrender, full surrender, full surrender, full surrender. Maybe you're born again, and you you've been you've been holding some things back, and you feel God pulling you closer and closer and closer, and you just by uplifted hands say, "I feel that pull. I feel I'm just surrendering to the the working of the Holy Spirit in my life right now. I'm 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 surrendering to that right now. That's you. All over the room, all of us together. Can we just stand up on our feet right now? Can we just stand up on our feet right now, all over the room? I think it would be appropriate for us to respond in some way physically to the builder and the maker of this great city. That is the people of God. Jehovah Shammah, God is there. God is there. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. be appropriate for us to respond in some way. God wants to take us deeper. He wants to call you out to the river. <laughs> he, he wants to call you out to the river. To the, off, off the edge, man. Off the ankle deep to knee deep. Ezekiel goes out waist deep. The river's rushing. And there's, there's, there's the master showing him, come on. Come on out. Come on out. Wherever this thing goes, there's life. Come on out. If you need Christ, you're going through a pruning process, you need boldness, you, you, you need prayer of any kind, I'm going to pray for you. It would be appropriate for us just to, just to stream out of our chairs in just a moment and come and kneel and stand before the presence of God. Our prayer team is going to come uh, in, in just a moment, and I invite you to come and lay yourself down before the Lord. We want to thank you for listening to the message today. We would love for you to stop by and see us. Our services start at 10 a.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights with various small groups throughout the week. Here at Life Church, we hope you have a great week.